This is the Rock Infringement Podcast with Joey Alchin. Legends, welcome back to another episode of the Rock Infringement Podcast. In this episode, I'm on my own today, but I'm going to take us back down to round 21 as we missed over it in last week. All right, let's get to it. We moved to our Thursday night game. It was the Roosters against the Broncos. The Roosters getting the win 34 to 16 in this, making it four on the trot for the Chookies. A great win from them. Nat Butcher with two tries and Sawali at his barnstorming best. The Broncos, well, Corey Oates continues to score a lot of tries, which is wonderful for the once embattled winger. But apart from that, there wasn't many shining lights during this game. We move on to our first Friday night game, and it was the Melbourne Storm against the Gold Coast Titans. Storm getting the job done, as many predicted, 32-14 to 14 in this one. Cameron Munster moved to fullback and scored a hat-trick, and what a game he had. I'll talk a bit about him later, but he's actually my player of the round for round 21. He was absolutely electrifying. We move on to our second Friday night game, and it was the Manly Seagulls against the Parramatta Eels. I actually took Manly in this one. I thought that uh, with their seven players back after the Pride jersey debacle, and with Parramatta with Mitch Moses missing four weeks, I thought that the Seagulls had a really good chance in this one, and they started off really well. However, as the Eels do in Parramatta fashion, they came back strong, scoring many tries and winning 36-20. to 20. Still looking good as they head towards the finals, Parramatta. We move on to our first Saturday game of Super Saturday. It was the Rabbitohs against the Warriors. Rabbitohs getting the win 48-10 to 10 in what was an absolutely massive flogging here for the Bunnies. Patrell Mitchell only played 62 minutes but was... Absolutely outstanding in this game, scoring two tries, a couple of try assists. But the man I want to talk about is Cameron Murray. Wow. 66 minutes, three try assists. He was in everything, ran for 187 meters. What a player. And is he the player that I think every club would love to sign? I think you'd love to have him first on a team sheet. Not only does he put in the work, but he's just such a great player. He's got such good ball quality, passing, kicking game. He plays as that third playmaker. Just absolutely brilliant. For the Warriors, there wasn't really much to write home about. They were well beaten up there in the Sunshine Coast. Move on to the second Saturday game. It was the Raiders against the Panthers. For me, this was the Raiders' best opportunity to get a win against the Panthers. No Luai, no Cleary. However, no worries for Penrith, who beat the Raiders quite convincingly, 26-6 to in this one. The only try coming from the Raiders, and they scored first, but it was Big Papa, Big Josh Papalihi, who got the first try in the eighth minute. But after that, it was all Penrith Panthers. A bit of controversy after this game with Ricky Stewart, but we'll do, dissect that in a later episode. I want to get my mates on and have a bit of a chat about that. So tune in to next week's, uh, to episode 18, sorry, and you'll hear more. We move on to our final Saturday game for Super Saturday, and it was the derby down there at Shark Park. It was the Sharks against the Dragons. Always a good game, this one. Always lots of fire, uh, you know, before two. And it's just always a quality game. And it was the Sharks getting it done 24-18, but it was such back-and-forth footy. Nico Hines getting the first try in the second minute. It's absolutely on fire in this one. Tricky Trindle was back, and what a performance he played. But the Dragons, they stayed in it. Jack DeBellin getting another try. Tautai Moga and uh, Matthew Fige. 
they just couldn't get there in the end and it went the way of the Sharks. Sharks sitting third on the ladder. Move on to our first Sunday game and it was the Bulldogs against the Cowboys. Bulldogs absolutely flew out to a wonderful start. Josh Adokar, the Fox, scoring the first minute and then Matty Burton followed up in the 18th. And they're looking really good at uh, 10-0 there, but as is in uh, old dogs fashion that we know quite well, the Cowboys came back strong in the second half and won 28-14 in this game. Scotty Drinkwater getting a double. And I thought Luciano Lua was really, really good for me. And Griffin Neem off the bench, I thought he was super strong. We move on to our last game of the round, and it was our second Sunday game, the West Tigers against the Newcastle Knights. First game all year that Tigers have been favourites, and a lot of people jumped on them to beat this Knights outfit that has not been very good. Uh, during that week, it was said that David Clemmer was being dropped for some behavioural issues, so another blow for Newcastle. However, they were able to get the chocolates in this one, 14-10. to 10. In saying that, it was 14-0 at halftime. Tigers not scoring till the second half. Tigers almost getting the win, scoring a try, and it being called back for obstruction. So Newcastle getting back in the winner's circle in that one. Now, that was round 21. And as it sat, the top eight hasn't really changed. Some things I want to really talk about in this episode. It's only going to be a shorter one today, but thank you for listening. I want to talk a bit about teams for 2023, how they may line up now that we know certain players are coming. Let's talk about the Dolphins. We know that they've recruited really well. Uh, if we go through probably their best 1-17, to 17, there's a few big names in there and some names that um, people probably didn't think would be there, you know, come 2023, names that you wouldn't expect to feature in a top squad uh, but they're there. So let's go through and see their 1-17 to 17 that I think may line up. So their best 17 is probably at fullback Jermaine Azarko at the Titans at the moment, but once that deal is staying in Queensland with his family, I definitely think he lines up in the fullback spot unless they sign a big marquee fullback before 2023. On the wings, we've got Robert Jennings and Edric Lee for me. I think that at the moment, there's no real uh, wing contesting spot. So I think that Jennings and Edric get it. Edric's been in really good form for Newcastle this year. So it's a bit of credit to him for the way he's been playing. The centres for me is going to be Brenko Lee on the left. And I think Ewan Aiken may start at centre on the right. Again, there's not really that depth there to challenge them in the centres. So Brenko Lee is a a great pickup. He's a player who has been around for a bit now, but you know we don't see him often because he's sort of on the outer at a few clubs. Ewan Aiken playing second row at the Warriors and has been absolutely on fire. Can move back into that centre spot, and I think he may. We look at the halves, and they've signed Anthony Milford and Sean O'Sullivan. They've also signed Cody Nicarima. For me, I think you play Nicarima at 14, and you start with Milford and O'Sullivan. And then moving into the forward pack, which is probably their best signings so far at the props, Jesse Bromwich and Mark Nichols and the hooker, Jeremy Marshall-King. That's a quite a solid front row. I mean, Nichols 
he's quite underrated. What he, The work he gets through at the Rabbitohs, I think, is uh, very good, and he flies under the radar a little bit. Jesse Bromwich has been around the traps for a while now. I think he is getting on in age, but he'll bring that experience to the forwards. And Jeremy Marshall King, I think, is actually one of the Bulldogs' best. Yes, he got the Fox and Matt Burton there at the moment, but the service out of dummy half is great, and he can only get better from here. And under the super coach Wayne Bennett, he will. We move into the second row, and it's Felice Kafusi and Kenneth, Kenneth Bromwich. The two uh, Storm teammates at the moment are going to continue to be teammates next year at the Dolphins. Both bring lots of experience, big game experience as well. They've won grand finals. They've won Kafusi's won Origin. Uh, Bromwich has played representative football for New Zealand. So they bring a lot of experience to this team. I wouldn't look at them to be, you know, the players you're looking at to score tries every week, but they'll definitely be there influencing these younger guys. And then to round off the forward pack is Tommy Gilbert at lock. I think Gilbert's been also under the radar at the Cowboys this year. What he's done, I think, has been really good. He's kept some players like Luciano Leilua out of the starting side. Obviously, Leilua hasn't been there long, but I think what Gilbert's done is great. Moving to Locke, a bit of a different change for him. I think he'll relish the challenge. Got his origin debut this year as well, so credit to Tommy Gilbert where it's due. Again, comes with that experience and will influence the younger forwards coming through at the Dolphins. And we look at the best bench that they have. Probably Nick Arima, as I said before, at 14. Can play half, hooker, fill in at fullback if you need him to. So he can cover that spine region, which is great, which is always what you need for a 14. 15, Jared Wallace comes from the Titans again, uh, getting on in age and just brings that big game experience having played for the Broncos and Titans and just brings that experience again for the younger blokes. We got uh, Kennelly Limu Lu, uh, sorry. Lemu Lu? I always say it wrong. But also plays for the Cowboys, and what a player this kid is, has been touted as going to be something big. Started in the back row, uh, sorry, started in the back line and now playing in the back row. So I think he'll be great for the Dolphins next year and will bring a bit of spark off the bench. And to round it all off, at number 17 is Ray Stone. Scored two tries in that win against Melbourne earlier this year before uh, succumbing to a season-ending injury. So I think Ray Stone will bring great depth in that forward pack and will definitely help them. The only other rest of the top 30 they sort of have, JJ Collins is a good player to watch. Some young development players in Jack Bostock, who we saw, if you watch the uh, under-19s origin, was really good. Bostock was in that. Harrison Graham, Ryan Jackson, and Michael Roberts. Unfortunately, I don't know a lot about the rest of those players. But that looks about how the Titans are going to line up next year. And the other team I really want to talk about is the New Zealand Warriors for 2023. A few signings throughout last week and this week. It will be definitely interesting to see where they play for next season. But one of the biggest ones that I want to see is Tamari Martin, who looks to have signed for 2023. Whether he'll play fullback or not will be very interesting. Uh, I think he may get the nod, but we'll soon see. They've signed players like Mitch Barnett as well. Luke Metcalf comes from Cronulla Sharks. Charles Nickel-Colstar comes from Canberra Raiders. 
uh, near Cora from Parramatta Eels, and Dylan Walker from Manly. So definitely some interesting depth there. I think that you'd have to give Tamari Martin the fullback spot with Walsh going back to the Broncos. Your wings probably won't change too much in Dallin with Tenny Zalesniak and Edward Cosey, who's been absolutely on fire. Your centres, it'll be interesting to see if Walker gets a centre spot, whether he plays 14, the same role he's been doing at Manly. Um, I'm not really sure, but you could probably throw him in the centres. It probably helps a little bit. So we'll say centres for Dylan Walker and the other centre. You've got Nicol Kostad as well. So do you play Chance at fullback or do you play Tamari Martin at fullback? I think that's the dilemma for them. Uh, I think Chance would be happy to play on the wing or even in the centres as well. Your 5'8", Dylan Walker again could play there, but I think Luke Metcalf should get a run at 5'8". Really good young kid. And with uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita announcing that he won't be there in 2023, I think, why not? Why not give Metcalf a run? I think it's great. We look at the seven. Sean Johnson looks to be staying one more year, which is great for Warriors fans. Uh, but it'll be awesome to see Ronnie Volkman have a run there too. The forward pack won't really change much. Mitch Barnett will slot straight in, and Nakore, you think, would start as well. Uh, obviously, they're losing uh, Eliasa Katoa to the Melbourne Storm, and Matty Lodge obviously went to the Roosters. So it'll be interesting to see if Barnett slots straight in. I think he may slot straight in on that edge, with you and Aiken gone too now to the Dolphins. And Nakore is, again, a player you could use to start or use off the bench. It's very interesting when Nakore, he's played centre at Parramatta. He's also played second row and he's played lock and off the bench as well. And the only other signing for them that we didn't talk about is that's it. So, yeah, interesting for the Warriors. Interesting to see where they go in 2023 and whether any more signings come for them. The other one I want to talk about is the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. We know that they have signed a lot of players for 2023. We've got the likes of Viliami Kikau coming over and Reed Marnie as well. They've lost Jeremy Marshall King, but Marnie, I mean, squats straight in. And look, to be honest, I mean, if Marshall King stays there, he probably moves to 14 and doesn't get a starting role. So it's smart play by him. Reed Marnie is absolutely probably their best signing for me that they have done this offseason. For me, the hooking role, the number nine, is the most important in rugby league now. And I think that it's just, it's so good. It rounds out the spine. It gives you that depth to be able to sit back and go, okay, my hooker can kick, he can pass. I can just sit here and do what I need to do as a halfback or as a 5'8". And so the hooking role for me is so important. I think this is such a massive coup for the Bulldogs for 2023 in getting Reed Marnie. Kikau, of course, comes with some big game experience, having played in grand finals, won a grand final last year as well. So Kikau is going to be massive for them. I think he slots straight into that second row spot. It'll be interesting to see if Luke Thompson heads back to the Super League. There's a lot of talk there that he may, but I'm not 100% sure yet. But I think the Bulldogs are definitely one to look out for next season. They're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with. Let's go through some of our other teams. Uh, one that will be interesting to watch as well is the Brisbane Broncos with Reese Walsh returning back to them where he started his footy career. Uh, I don't know if it changes this team a lot. I think Walsh having Walsh and Reynolds is definitely a massive coup. Having someone like Walsh who can play 5'8 or fullback, but the form that Ezra Mam's been in in 2022, I don't think 
you drop him to move Walsh to 5'8". So it'll be interesting for me to see where Tessie New ends up in 2023. He's definitely going to fight Walsh for that fullback spot. I don't think he'll want to play in the centres or on the wing. He wants to be the fullback. So whether a club looks to sign him will be another story. One club that looks to be set to lose a lot of players in 2023 is the Melbourne Storm. Massive changes in their forward packs with Felice Cafusi, the Bromwich brothers, and Brendan Smith all leaving for pastures anew. But, however, they have signed Tarek Sims from the Dragons and Alicia Katoa from the Warriors. So two massive second rowers there that can slot straight in. And I literally think that's what will happen. Uh, Tarek Sims, massive, big game player, comes with lots of experience. And I think going to a club like Melbourne will just really develop his game even more, more so than it is. Katoa is a young guy who is on the rise and is an absolute force to be reckoned with at New Zealand Warriors. So there's definitely opportunities there for him as well. So I wouldn't write off the storm yet. People write them off every year. It'll just be a bit light on, shall we say. There's lots of rumours going around for clubs and where players are going to go. I guess the thing we can say is we'll wait till the November 1st deadline and we'll have a bit more of a look to see if clubs have lined up or not. But yeah, that's a bit of uh, 2023 transfer market signing, I guess you could say, signing history, signing what it's going to look like next year. But that's all I really want to do for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, This is episode 17. It'll go to air in just a moment. But thank you. Remember, you can follow me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Like, subscribe, share with your friends. Let me know. You can also send in voice memos on Spotify to get onto that. Don't forget to rate the show, review. Until next time, be good.